the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We know that sin is designed to work for God's glory, but for God's elect, sin will never send us to hell. You can start shouting right now and run around the room because God is the one that decreed it. He means for everything to work together for good to those that love God. Forgiveness of sins. For us as Christians, it is something we never forget, something that drives in us a passion to see others and come to that same saving knowledge of Christ. At least it should. Hi there. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stand from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We're continuing our look at Job chapter 33, verses 14 through 30, along with several other passages as we take a look at man's desperate need for the forgiveness of sins and the Christian's desire to see that come about. With more, here's Pastor Jessica Stan and today's broadcast of Way of Grace. God breaks all of his people before he brings them in. You guys got that? That he may hide pride from man. Verse 18, here it is. Let's keep going. He keeps back his soul from the what? Love this verb here. You don't see what's going on, but literally God has intervened in that person's life. He has actually put his hand on that person and drew them back from the pit. No one knows it but them and God. See, when you and I are headed, walking in and going towards darkness, we're slaves of sin. We have no control of the process. And when the incline gets steep, we start rolling down into hell. And we know we're out of control. And unless God comes and gets us and begins to draw us back, we're tumbling into hell. And when he begins to draw you back, you sense that a power greater than your circumstances has intervened to get a hold of you, stopped you in your momentum going down to the pit. It's an amazing experience. Watch this. He keeps his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the what? So many of us know what would have happened to us had that car not caught a flat. So many of us know what would have happened to us if we had jumped in that car with our buddies. So many of us know what would have happened if the police didn't pull us over and lock us up that night. So many of us know how God intervenes to stop us from destroying ourselves. Verse 39, verse 39. He is chastened also with pain upon his bed. The motif now switches back to the common metaphor that when God is dealing with you, you often are sick spiritually. 
Remember, David was on his sickbed, constantly describing how God deals with him when he's pining away because of his iniquity. Notice what it says. He is chastened also with what? He's chastened also with what? Upon his bed. Now, this could be physical, because certainly look, and the multitude of his bones with strong what? Verse 20. So that his life abhors bread and his soul what? Verse 21. His flesh is consumed away that it cannot be seen and his bones that used to be seen what? Ladies and gentlemen, you know what God has just done? Put that brother or sister on a fast. And I've been saying it for years. True fasting is not the fast that you determine to do. Well, I'm going on a fast. Well, God's not in that. You can fast all you want to. You can fast to lose, lose weight. You can fast to get beautiful skin. You can fast for whatever you, you can fast to feel good. You can fast to be healthier, but it's not spiritual. Please understand that. You don't get closer to God by fasting until God does it. And when God does it, you're not hungry for physical food. He causes you to fast from food and folly. He causes you to fast from normal digestive food for your body and the food of your folly that you generally engage in. When God begins to deal with you, you no longer, for that season of sickness, want to go to the club want to go online and watch that porn. You no longer want to drink from that perverse pit of iniquity because you're fasting and God did it. Now all of a sudden you want a little quiet space. Now you know you rowdy by nature, but now you want quiet. You no longer are answering your cell phone or your text messages because you want quiet now. Now, you know you stuck on stupid, but now you want quiet because God is causing you to fast and you're losing weight quickly because he's about to teach you the first principle of saving revelation. Verse 22. Verse 22. Yea, his soul draws near unto the what? And his life to the what? That man, that woman begins to address, you see it in your outline, their mortality. Right. You know when we're in the strength of our pride, we don't even think about dying. It doesn't even come to mind. You won't have that conversation with anybody. The notion that you could die today before you leave this room, you could have a heart attack, a stroke, die. Any of us, young or old, You never think that way in your pride. You never think that way in your strength. You know what you do? You make plans without God. Today I'm going to do this. Tomorrow I'm going to do that. The next week I'm going to do that. I'm going to build my kingdom by my own strength. But when God shows you your mortality, you know what the young person begins to do? He begins to think, I could die tonight. You got that? That's how God dealt with me. He made it clear that I was a mortal creature at 18 years old. And he began to show me all of my friends whom I knew and saw die from 14 years old. And he let me know that there was no reason why I couldn't die tonight because I was doing the same thing they were doing, slanging dope and running the streets and gangbanging. 
but he made it real to me, my mortality. And then you know what else he made real? That there are those who are called destroyers. That's the second line. His soul draws near to the grave and his life to the destroyers. What God begins to do is to show you that there is another dimension to reality of entities who control and manipulate the lives and souls of men of whom you formerly did not believe existed. The devil does exist. Demons do exist. A dark world of principalities and powers do exist. They have massive control over mostly everyone who does not know liberation in Christ. Their greatest control is to blind you to the reality that they exist. But when God begins to open your eyes, not only do you see your own mortality, but you see the demons of hell, the hordes of hell surrounding your soul. And no one can tell you they don't exist because they're riding your conscience. Are you hearing me? They're called the destroyers. Don't have time to unpack it. Just want you to see it. Keep going. Let me keep teaching. Here it is. If there be a messenger with him, here's where you want to pray because we are at the end of our three steps. We are now about to move up. What has God done? He has taken that young man and that young woman and let them begin to contemplate the consequences of their sins. Do you hear me? They are now beginning to believe the first work of the Spirit of God. And when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will convince your world that you are the sinner. You are the sinner. You are the sinner. The word didn't mean anything before. They laughed at it. They scorned it. I'm about to talk about that word here in a moment. They mocked it. They ridiculed it. Now, sin means everything to them. This is the first work. You must be convinced that you are the sinner. Now, for this to be sealed, something must happen of which Elihu is now, Elihu is now calling our attention. He says, if there be a what with him? A messenger what with him? With him. If there's someone with him, stay with me now, on his side, nearby him, in his behalf, for him, like God is not only for us, God is what? With us. And when someone's with you, they are there in your what? Behalf. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. Every soul needs a messenger. The Hebrew word is malak, from which we get our last book of the Old Testament Bible, Malachi. The messenger comes in three forms. God himself, the angel of the Lord. Are you ready? The preacher. The preacher. The preacher is a messenger. The Lord Jesus, the angel of the Lord, is the quintessential messenger. And God the Father speaks through all three. Now, when God assigns the messenger to you, he's getting ready to walk you through your sin condition right on up out of it to show you the forgiveness of sins. Are y'all with me? Pray that God gives your child, your loved one, a messenger, a preacher of the gospel 
who can draw near his soul and be with him to begin a work that I must tell you about now. Can I tell you about the work? I love what Job did with this passage of Scripture, rather the writer of Job. He says if there be a messenger with him, and then he qualifies the characteristics of that messenger. An interpreter. You see it? An interpreter. I want you to write this down. The word interpretation here is the best our scholars could do. It is, the, it is not the normative word for interpretation, but it connotes that a person is standing before you who is representing you and the person who you oppose. Here's the way I want you to, in, to translate that. Are you ready? An ambassador. Right, I'm, I'm getting ready to help you with this. The interpreter is an ambassador. Now, what is an ambassador? He's a representative of a kingdom. And he comes to make agreement with you to either surrender or face the judgment. That's what this word means. He's an ambassador bringing the authority of the kingdom to bear on that person who has exercise opposition to the kingdom. See, an ambassador will come with gifts. He will come with contracts. He will come with stipulations. The ambassador will go to a country and say, hey, you know, we've been watching you guys for a while, and we think that your behavior is contrary to our interests. Now, if you want to live, please sign this contract. Stay with me now. I'm getting ready to unpack it. Can I do that? Right. So then that other kingdom is hearing the cordial development and exposition of the messenger as the messenger lets them know, here is who we are. Here is what we do. Here is what we have. And we want to let you know before this thing gets off, you can't win. Raise your hand if you're with me. The ambassador is there to let you know before the guns go to firing that the best thing you can do is listen to me. That's what the word really means. Now, the word is translated powerfully several times in the scriptures as scorner. Write that down. Because I want to show you something about the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of Christ when he begins to deal with you around your sins. He will tell you where you are with God. He will let you know your condition before God. He will show you that you are an enemy of God. And this is not preached today in our churches. Ladies and gentlemen, will you hear me? Before God saves you, you are God's enemy. Do you know it? Before, you, before God saves you, you're God's enemy. May I also say, God is your enemy. God resists the proud. He hates all workers of iniquity. God's angry with the wicked every day. All that hate me love death. Men and women outside of Christ are at war with God. The carnal mind is enmity to God. And that's why when God knows that an individual has not bowed the knee to Christ, you know what he does? At best, he leads them to their own devices. Because he knows you and I by nature are self-destructive. When God begins to deal with you, he doesn't play games with you and tells you how wonderful you are and how much you can add to his kingdom. He comes as an ambassador to let you know 
All of our guns are aimed at you. And in a nanosecond, you can be in hell. The wages of sin is death. Let me show you a beautiful, beautiful truth here around this interpreter. I just told you the word means to scorn, right? Now, the word scorn is a verb that describes a person who is hypercritical. Follow me now. I got 10 minutes. The word scorn describes a person who is hypercritical, who sits in the seat of being a judge. The scorner is a judge. The scorner is a person that's quick to quarrel. The scorner is a person who assesses things that are going on and gives his or her opinion with vitriol. Do y'all know him? The scorner is the person that has a very nasty attitude. But they sit in judgment over everything. This is the person that Psalm 1 verse 1 says, a godly man won't have anything to do with him. Did you understand that? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the what? Judgment seat of the scorner. The proverb says, the scorner is proud and haughty, and he deals in proud wrath. What is a scorner? He's someone that's like a bulldog, a pit bull, a rottweiler, loves to be contentious. Do you know why? He's a judge. Y'all know him, don't you? Now, you know what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34, pull it up, says? Watch this now. God scorns the scorner. Proverbs 3, 24. God scorns the scorner. Stay with me now. God scorns the scorner. Surely he what? Surely he what? He scorned at the scorner. Stay with me now. He scorned at the scorner, but he gives grace to the what? Stay with me now. When Job says, if there be a messenger, an interpreter, and we have just called him an ambassador, right? But now we're calling him a scorner. Can I tell you why? When God brings you near, he shows you his radical hatred of your sin. God shows you how he scorns your sin. God shows you how he judges your sins. God shows you how your sins are sending you to hell. I'm going to give you seven D's of how God scorns your sin. And I want you to follow this. God first scorns your sin by decreeing them. Do you know all sin is a consequence of God's divine decree? Did you know that God made the light and he made the darkness? God created evil and God created good. Did he not? Sin has been decreed by God from before the foundation of the world, was it not? If he didn't decree it, it would not be. What's comforting for me about that is that this interpreter is my messenger. You know what he's letting me know? Sin never caught God by surprise. Raise your hand if that's comforting. Sin never caught God by surprise. It never caught God by surprise. It's part of God's plan to let sin into the world. He already told you and I, don't listen to him. But if you do, he's already decreed that it's going to have its way. But God is the author 
of everything. Is he not? He's the first cause. And the scorning judge has decreed your sin. He's also decreed the power of your sin. You know what Genesis 2.17 says? In the day that you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely what? Is that right? If you really believe what I just said, the scorner has taught you well. Stay with me now. The person who radically judges, who is quick to despise, hate, and, and, and judge sin has shown you how ugly sin is. He's showing you that sin is something that he warned our first parents about, that it would get them, and it got them, didn't it? So God decrees sin, and then not only does he decree sin, he declared its power. Thirdly, he defines its scope. God's the one that defines the scope of sin. What do you mean, Pastor? Romans 3.28 says, all have sinned. Everybody in the whole world. We got about 8 billion people living on the planet. You know what we all have in common? We're sinners. God has defined the scope of sin. The scorner, the judge, has said, I'll let it in. I have actually given it its power. It'll kill you. And I have declared that everyone is a sinner. You got that? See, when God's drawing you to himself, does he not have to teach you about sin? He's letting you know where it came from. God can't be God if sin got in under its own power. God can't be God if God did not declare sin's power. God cannot be God if God did not also, watch this now, define its scope. Is God right when he says all have sinned? Is he right? Now, you and I have not met every person on planet Earth, but I believe God is right. Do you? Because I'm that brother that God took down and showed me hell and then brought me out and showed me I'm a sinner. And I know everyone that breathes like me is a sinner just like I am. There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all deserve hell. Do you believe that? That's the work of the Holy Ghost to show you that you can't escape through your friends. You can't escape through the culture. You can't escape through the agendas and trends of the world because everybody got the same problem. Now, see, a real Christian knows that. Why? Because the interpreter is showing him where sin came from, showing him sin's power, showing him sin's scope and range of impact. The interpreter, the scorner also determined sin's limit. Hallelujah. He determined sin's limit, its impact on his own people. Do you know what the, the interpreter has taught you? You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Amen. See, he determines its limits, right? In other words, we know that sin is designed to work for God's glory. But for God's elect, sin will never send us to hell. You can start shouting right now and run around the room because God is the one that decreed it. He means for everything to work together for good to those that love God. He means for your sin, your evil, your wickedness to bring you to Christ, to show you his glory, to humble you before him, to be the means of you saying yes, Lord, to him. Did you get it? That's how he scorns sin and convinces you of him being the judge in your behalf against it. Not only has he determined sin's limit, on his people, he says in Romans 6, 14, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, you are under grace. Do you see this mighty interpreter? 
Do you see this messenger? Do you see how he's scorning sin in your behalf? Are you rejoicing in that? Because he's the only one that can define and decree and declare sin for what it is in a way that it sanctifies you. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, For directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.